You're listening to an audio sermon by Pastor Bernard Milder from Household of Christ. We trust that you will be encouraged and blessed as you listen to the Word of God. Grace is there to help us to live a better life. Grace is there to help us to work harder, to do things in excellence. Grace is a person and His name is Jesus Christ. The Bible says when Christ came to this earth and he manifested, we could see his glory and it was full of grace. Grace upon grace. Grace is not there for you to sin better. Grace is there for you to be a better Christian. Amen. Turn with me in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8. Many of you can quote this, I'm sure. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace you have been saved. Through faith, and that not of ourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. God chooses grace rather than works, so that no man should boast. What God is doing in your life, through your life, with your life, is because of the grace of God. Verse 9, not of works lest anyone should boast, for we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Can you see It's not our works because then we can boast. But God says you are saved by grace through faith. This is the gift of God, a gift that God has given us. Not of our works so that nobody can boast. But then he says, I've predestined, preordained all of you that have accepted this grace. This grace is now going to help you to do good works. So we are saved by grace, not by our good works, to be empowered by God's grace to do good works. Amen? You are blessed to be a blessing. Turn to the person next to you and say, you are blessed to be a blessing. The most important thing, when you want to be a blessing, you have to listen to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. I want to talk to Christians here this morning. Do you know what the Bible says in the book of James chapter 4, verse 17? It says, if you know that you should do good and you do not do the good, it is sin. The Passion Translation says that when you have the opportunity to do what is right and you don't do it, it's considered sin. Many times we find ourselves in a situation where we think, well, I'm not positioned properly to be able to help somebody. I'm looking for somebody to bless me. How can I be a blessing? Have you ever found yourself in that kind of a situation? I mean, in this COVID season, we're looking for people to help us. God wants to use you as an instrument to help others. The truth is your life is a solution. Somebody is waiting on the other side of your obedience 
so that their lives can change, so that their lives can improve. Turn with me in your Bible to the book of Luke chapter 10, verse 30. Let's look at the story of the Good Samaritan. Maybe you've read it, maybe you know the story. Verse 30, then Jesus answered and said, a certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side, likewise a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine, and he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn and took care of him. On the next day, when he departed, he took out two denarii, gave them to the innkeeper and said to him, take care of him, and whatever more you spend, when I come again, I will repay you. So which of these three do you think was neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. We know that Jesus is the good Samaritan. Jesus came to do good. Amen? Family, the grace of God on the inside of you, working in you, the anointing that God has placed upon you is to do good. Jesus, when he came to this earth, Acts 10 verse 38 teaches us that how God anointed Jesus Christ of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power who went about doing good. God has anointed you, empowered you to do good. This good Samaritan is a type of Jesus Christ. Amen? But he says, go and do likewise. It means it's an instruction to you and to me to do good. Turn to the person next to you and say, do good. The truth is, when you look at this story, this Samaritan had all the reasons all the excuses, I mean good excuses, to look the other way. He could have said, well, the priest didn't do anything. The Levite didn't do anything. Why should I do anything? But he knew that his life was a solution to somebody in trouble. It's very easy to make excuses. The Samaritan didn't bother or didn't trouble his heart knowing that he had to use all his resources to take care of this man. Very interesting, we know that Jesus is the good Samaritan. He gave the innkeeper two denarii. A denarii was a day's wage. What did he say? He said, here is two denarii, and when I come back, whatever else you need, I will give it to you. The Bible teaches us that one day is like a thousand years, and a thousand years is like one day. Who's the good Samaritan? It's Jesus. When did this happen? This story was told 2,000 years ago. 
I'm not an end-time preacher, but all I'm saying is, Jesus said, in 2,000 years, I'm coming back. If I delay, be ready. If I delay whatever it's cost you, I'm going to repay you. Family, we live in the last days. Let's have a heart to do good, knowing that we have Jesus as our paymaster in everything that we do. The truth is this Samaritan saw this as an assignment from God. Jesus said here, go and do likewise. To do good is an assignment from Jesus. Turn to the person next to you and say, to do good is an assignment from God. Proverbs 19 verse 17 says, mercy to the needy is a loan to God. And he will repay you. Jesus said, whatever you do to help this man in need, I'm going to repay you. What you make happen for other people, God will make those things happen to you. You have to carry this out as an assignment from heaven. This man's attitude was, if I fail this person in need, I'm failing God. He could have made excuses. Number one, Samaritans and Jews, they were enemies. Remember the woman at the well? The disciples said to Jesus, why are you talking to this woman? We as Jews, we want nothing to do with Samaritans. He says, don't use this as an excuse to help your neighbor. Amen? He could have very easily said, I don't have the resources. He could have said, I've just got enough for my trip to be a success. I've got enough to meet all my own needs. But when he found himself in that situation, he realized that his life was a solution to this man in trouble. Thirdly, he could have said, it's too dangerous to go. Those robbers can come back and attack me. I'm putting my life in danger. And sometimes from a natural point of view, we can very easily make excuses. But those excuses are not acceptable to God. Family, the truth is your life is a solution to those around you. Have you been solving problems? Turn to the person next to you and say, you're a problem solver. I am a solution to your problems, and you are a solution to my problems. I need you like you need me. More than ever in this COVID season, we need each other. I need to be your strength, and you need to be my strength. What I have, I can use to help you, and what you've got, you can use to help me. And we should be each other's strength. It's very easy to walk like the Samaritan and be busy with your own things and see there's somebody that's in need and just walk to the other side. The Samaritan could have said, well, you know, the priest and the Levite, they should have listened to the prompting of the Holy Spirit, and they walked to the other side. Maybe I should do the same. But he didn't. He saw it as an assignment from heaven. Turn to the person next to you and say, you have an assignment from heaven. The Samaritan's attitude was, I cannot afford to look the other way. 
When I see a need and I can meet that need, I'm going to meet it. Listen to what the message says, 2 Corinthians 8 verse 9. You are familiar with the generosity of our master, Jesus Christ. Rich as he was, he gave it all away for us. In one stroke, he became poor and we became rich. So here's what I think. The best thing you can do right now is to finish what you started last year and not let those good intentions grow stale. Your heart's being in the right place all along. You've got what it takes to finish it up, so go to it. Once the commitment is clear, you do what you can, not what you can't. The heart regulates the hands. This isn't so others can take it easy while you sweat it out. No, you're shoulder to shoulder with them all the way. Your surplus matching their deficit, their surplus matching your deficit. In the end, you come out even. As it is written, nothing left over to the one with the most, nothing lacking to the one with the least. I am because of you, and you are because of me. We need each other. Family, it's a mindset. Sometimes we say, Lord, bless me first, then I'll help others. But sometimes just look what's in your hands. When you have that revelation, that mindset that I'm blessed already, you'll see what's in your hand that you can use to help others. I remember when I was a district pastor in Bloemfontein, there was one lady that stayed out on the plots, and uh, she was not a person with a lot of money. As a matter of fact, I considered her poor. But every time I went to visit her and I said, Auntie, what are you busy with? Then she would say, I'm helping some poor people. I'm thinking, oh my God, you are poor and you're helping poor people. <laughs> said, Lord Jesus, please don't let me stand next to Auntie Pam one day in heaven. <laughs> but she had that mindset and I would say to her, so what are you doing? She says, no, I'm just buying some bread and milk every day just to help them. Sometimes it's that small little thing that helps somebody just to have that bread, just to have that milk. Maybe in my heart I knew sometimes she didn't buy bread and milk for herself to help this poor family. But in her own mind, she was not poor. She was blessed with every blessing in Christ Jesus. She was blessed to be a blessing. She was saved to save others. And I realized that poverty is a mindset. You can have nothing and still know that I'm blessed and see what's in your hand, how you can help somebody. Somebody is waiting on the other side of our obedience. James said, if you know you have the opportunity to do what is right and you don't do it, it's sin. It's not that sin, that sin, what we call sin. That attitude, when you know you are blessed to be a blessing and you're not a blessing, God says, I can see that you are sinning. I have predestined, preordained you for good works. I've saved you by grace, not through your good works that you can boast, but now that I've saved you, I've empowered you, I've given you the grace so that you can be a blessing. Amen? Matthew 5, verse 38. Here's another old saying that deserves a second look. An eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. 
Is that going to get us anywhere? Here's what I propose. Don't hit back at all. If someone strikes you, stand there and take it. If someone drags you into court and sues you for the shirt of your back, give wrap your best coat and make a present of it. And if someone takes unfair advantage of you, use their occasion to practice the servant life. No more tit-for-tat stuff. Live generously. Live generously. You're familiar with the old written law, love your friend and its unwritten companion, hate your enemy. I'm challenging that. I'm telling you to love your enemies. Let them bring out the best in you, not the worst. When someone gives you a hard time, respond with the energies of prayer. For then you are working out of your true selves, your God-created selves. This is what God does. He gives his best, the sun to warm and the rain to nourish to everyone, regardless the good and the bad, the nice and the nasty. Do you have some nasty people in your life? Don't raise your hand. Don't raise your hand. If all you do is love the lovable, do you expect a bonus? Anybody can do that. If you simply say hello to those who greet you, do you expect a medal? Any run-of-the-mill sinner does that. In a word, what I'm saying is this. Grow up. Your kingdom subjects. Now live like it. Live out your God-created identity. Live generously and graciously toward others the way God lives toward you. Sometimes... When you help somebody solve their problems, you discover who you are. You see what God has done in your life. Come to the revelation to see how blessed you actually are. Many times we say, what can I do? How can I help? Remember, Moses did exactly the same. Moses said to the Lord, how will the Israelites know that I'm the solution to their problems? How will they know that you are sending me to help them? How can I be that instrument of grace, that instrument of deliverance, that instrument of hope? What did the Lord say to him? The Lord said to Moses, what is in your hand? A walking stick. Use that. It teaches us that what is in your hand is often what God will use to bring a solution to solve the problem of those around you. Not that which you don't have, but what is it that God has placed in your hand? Turn to the person next to you and ask them, what has God placed in your hands? It's not always money. In today's world where people are so stressed out, hypertension because of the COVID, worrying, your smile, your laughter can bring their blood pressure down. Amen? Don't always be so serious. Sometimes just laugh. That's why we need comedians. Amen. But sometimes we just need to laugh. Sometimes it's just to go to somebody and to smile. When they look depressed, when they look like they've got the world upon their shoulders, be that smile in their lives. Amen. Bring some hope. Never say, I don't have. You always have something. 
If somebody is down, you can even just go and hug them and encourage them. Say, God is going to see you through. He said, he's not going to tempt you above your ability. I'm here to pray with you. I'm here to stand with you. What can I do? How can I help? Oftentimes, it's not even going to them and asking how. It's when you see that opportunity, look and see what's in your hand. That's the very thing that God will use to bring change, to bring a solution in their lives. Do you see, look at your life and just see problems? Or do you see your life as a solution to others going through a difficult time? Turn to the person next to you and say, your life is a solution. Family, listen to me. Every person has something big or small to plant. Whether it's a small smile or a big smile. Whether it's a hug, encouragement, a word of wisdom, a word of knowledge. You have something to give. Amen? That which the Lord has given you Use that and give it to other people. You know, there are certain people in difficult situations, they just never stress. You don't have people like that. They never worry. They're always like, use that gift to strengthen others. Because that person has got a strength again that you need. We are not equally gifted. You have strengths that I don't have, and I have strengths that you don't have. But we can use our strengths to help each other. Then I become a solution in your life, and you become a solution in my life. Amen? I want to close. Galatians 6. Don't be misled. No one makes a fool of God. What a person plants, he will harvest. The person who plants selfishness, ignoring the needs of others, ignoring God, Harvest a crop of weeds. All he'll have to show for his life is weeds. But the one who plants and responds to God, letting God's Spirit do the growth work in him, harvest a crop of real life, eternal life. So let's not allow ourselves to get fatigued doing good. At the right time, we will harvest the good crop if we don't give up. Or quit right now. Therefore, every time we get the chance, let us work for the benefit of all, starting with the people closest to us in the community of faith. Whenever you're going to do something, do it with a happy heart. If you're smiling to encourage somebody, let it be a happy smile, not a smile that is forced. Do you know what I mean? Sometimes your children, when their attitude is not right, say to them, smile. You've got a lot of things to be grateful for, a lot of things to be happy. Sometimes that smile is not genuine. Let it be genuine. Let it come from a heart that's filled with humility and sincerity. Amen? It says here, don't lose heart. Continue to do good. Turn to the person next to you and say, continue to do good. You know, we can find ourselves surrounded by situations and circumstances where you are doing good. You're doing the right thing. When you have the opportunity to do the right thing, you're doing the right thing. When you can do good, you're doing good. But sometimes you don't feel that the good is coming to you immediately. Don't raise your hand. But the Bible teaches us here. 
don't lose heart. There's a God in heaven, and he's aware of everything. In that situation with the good Samaritan, he said to the innkeeper, he said, here is the two denarii. Here's the grace. Here's what I have. I'm giving it. Look after this man. And if by any means I tarry, I don't come immediately. Whatever you spend, whatever you do to help this man, I will repay you. Family, Jesus has given that commitment. When we do good, good will be done to us. Don't lose heart. Continue to be a solution to those going through trouble. This festive season, as we go into December, the last 30 days of this year, have an attitude and a mindset to be a problem solver. You are the solution to somebody in trouble. Sometimes a person can wait five minutes. Sometimes they can wait five hours. Sometimes they can wait five days or five months. But whatever God has placed in your heart, when you see that opportunity, do good. Sometimes we want to say, Lord, I want to hear what the Lord is saying to me, what I should do. But Jesus spoke in his Bible, in his word already, and he said, when you see the opportunity, when there's a chance to do good, respond like Jesus, who went about doing good, healing all who were oppressed of the devil, because God was with him. God has empowered us. God has anointed us to do good. I want to close with two scriptures. Luke 12, verse 21. So is he who lays up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. I want to encourage you, be rich toward God. Be rich. The question you have to ask yourself, how many people can I make happy? And how many people's faces can I put a quality smile or am I putting a quality frown? How many people can you make happy? 1 Timothy 6, 18 says, be rich in good works. When people look at you and people talk about you, let them say, this person is a problem solver. When Jesus came to this earth, it was to solve problems, to solve our sin problem that we were not even aware of. We never realized how much we needed God, but his attitude was, I'm going to be a problem solver. He came to this earth to deal with sin once and for all, to remove that guilt and shame, to remove condemnation. Jesus was a problem solver. Do you know what that means? There's not a pain, not a sorrow, not a problem here on earth that heaven is not aware of. But Jesus has provided the answer. He is the answer to all fundamental problems. Jesus gives a teaching here. He said, this rich young ruler, the rich fool is what the Bible actually calls him. He said, this man's attitude, his heart was just for himself. I will build. I will, I will, I will. Blessings was all about himself. God says, I've blessed you to be a blessing. Have an attitude where you are rich toward God in all that you do. Be rich in your good deeds, your good works. A matter of fact, as a Christian, when you have the opportunity to do good and you don't do it, James says, 
it's sin. We are missing the mark. But God said, I've saved you by grace. I've empowered you by grace. You're not saved by your good works or you'll be able to boast. I've saved you by grace to empower you to do good works. Let's go out this festive season and be the answer, be a solution to those in trouble. He says, start in the household of faith. Start in the church and be a solution here. And when we take care of the body of Christ, Christ himself, the head, will take care of us. I want to encourage those that have been doing good. I want to say thank you to those that have been doing good, helping in so many things, so many things just even here at the church, people just prompting and, and listening, saying, God, I want to help with this. I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to say thank you very much for that. It makes a huge difference. But I want to challenge you. Go listen to what God is saying. Sometimes we say, how can I be a solution? Go look and see what's in your hand. Not just what's in your hand, but what has God given you, that strength, that blessing that he's given you that can be a blessing in somebody else's life. When we listen to that prompting and we walk in that, then I start to realize that I'm blessed to be a blessing. I'm saved to save others. What God has placed in my hand becomes a solution, whether it's small or whether it's big. There's somebody out there in trouble that needs my help. I can be the hands of Jesus. I can be that good Samaritan. And when I'm doing it, I'm doing it as unto the Lord. I see it as an assignment from heaven. And if I fail that person, I'm failing God because God is the one that's given that instruction. But because of His grace, the good works that He has predestined, it's easy because Paul said that grace works on the inside of me more than anything else. And God will give you the grace in every situation to be a problem solver. Moses, when he faced that challenge, when he received that instruction from heaven, God gave him somebody to help him. Aaron was there to be next to him, called to Moses as Moses was called to a people, to be the solution to the people, to be the answer to a whole nation, a type of the church, in that assignment that God has given you to be a problem solver, He'll place people around you that will help you to solve those problems. You are the solution to somebody's problem. See you Thank you for listening to this audio sermon. For more information, please go to our website, www.hoc.org.za. Household of Christ. Loving God. Loving people.